Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy. All you gotta do is trust me, the number one fuckboy, Jackson Maine, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, shout him out. That's him, gnawing on that Nylabone. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, first time guest. You know her from her music and podcast appearance. Guys, put your fucking hands together for singer-songwriter Laura Stevenson. What up, what up? Now I don't know where I am. <laughs> I always do that, and then I'm sweaty and tired, <laughs> and then I have to start a, a, a full-blown interview. Oh, well, hello. Hello. Well, thanks for coming on High and Mighty. This is exciting. Thank you for having me. Hell I'm excited yeah. to be here. Uh, you texted me uh, that your Lyft driver was getting gas, and your phone number was 516, mm-hmm. and it was just like a blessing from the God. <laughs> like, I want to set my phone to, like, 516 numbers get, like, a star when they come, mm. so I know to respond. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was looking at your like PDF of the rules for the podcast, so I could text you, and I saw five one six, and it made me feel equally. <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm glad to still have it. I've been out of the island for twenty years now. Never lose it. I'll never lose. It's <laughs> never inside. let go of it's it. Literally. Oh my me. god. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I uh, for the uh, for those of you wondering what Laura's reaction was, it was my bicep tattoo. Yeah, that. It's cool. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and you can make flushing bounce. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's mostly just like a flattering fat distribution. I have got. I don't know about that. I, I, would, I would I would call that borderline ripped. <laughs> that was pretty a baller. Thank you so for much for the listeners. Laura's got guns. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of push ups. Oh, you're on the road, right? You never know when you need it. It's like a Terminator Two. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Now you're preaching to the choir, uh, Linda Hamilton. Uh, young Sa- uh, Sarah Connor and T two really defined young Gabrus's, uh style of woman for the rest of his life. Yeah, like strong, absolute terrifying badasses. Determined. <laughs> yeah. Little scary. He can't be reasoned with. He can't. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm not going to quote Terminator to you, but you're from Long Island. I am. Yes. I'm from Rockville Center, South Shore. RVC. Mm-hmm. Just two stops away on the Long Island Railroad. You're from Belmore? Yeah. Well, I, I was raised in Freeport, so even closer, really. Oh, did you go to Freeport Pool when you were? Yes. Me too. 
I was on the swim team. Oh, I was on the diving team with Hazel. I took diving wow. lessons with Hazel. Yeah, that diving pool was sick. When I was in high school, I was at Belmore Merrick. Uh, I was on their swim team, and we swam at Freeport until Eisenhower. My oh. senior year, we switched to uh, where the Goodwill games That's were at Eisenhower nice Park. Pool. That's a nice Wayne pool. Eisenhower. But the rec center is where I first jumped off a high dive. Yeah, Which me too. was after my younger brother, who I'm well, two and a half years older than. That's all right. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take <laughs> a little longer. <laughs> I was like, well, my brother's four and my dad was waiting in the deep end as he leapt off a high dive. I'm like, I guess I gotta do it now. Six is, you were six? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's still pretty young to jump off the high dive. We were little like pool rat uh, beach rat kids. Yeah, we were too. Did yeah. you go to Jones Beach a lot? All the time. We went to Field Six every day of the summer because my dad worked nights three to eleven. So we'd go to Field Six, get there at eight in the morning, and stay till one or twelve thirty, depending on wow. what my dad thought traffic was going to be. Wow! And you don't have many freckles. No, I don't. I don't. I will have. At, I. I the sun works on me, and I, I know at some point a doctor is going to tell me you have you are incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> the sun does not work on you. But I'm like, it's really good for me. I feel better when I'm tan. Mm-hmm. I don't burn that easily. I'm a real. I, I've held on to that Long Island part of me where tanning is important. Yeah. No, I <laughs> went tanning in high school. Oh, was me that, too. Like a lot. Oh, not a lot, but I would go like before a vacation. I'd be like secretly tan oh, behind my mom's back to get the base. Yeah. And no. then once I was in college and we were like, gotta, t- gotta get the base going. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I went tanning with my friend Jackie like twice a week. That's awesome. Also, everyone from Long Island has a friend named Jackie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie was my best friend. And we were both like orange and we thought it was like so beautiful. <laughs> Kind of is in a way. Yeah, it it's looks a phase. Right. It looks all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, that's funny. Was that Southside High School? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Southside High School. Um, our uh, Rockville Center, for those of you who don't know Long Island, is sort of like the cool. Na- when when you're like, if you want to leave your parents' house but stay in Nassau, the two options usually are RVC and Long Beach. Mm, Long Beach, yeah. Because RVC sort of has like the walkable walkable vibe with like a strips of bars right on Sunrise Highway right by the train. Yeah. Which is kind of why it's a destination for anyone along the Babylon line. Like we would pop over from Belmore, take the train two over to go eat at Churchill's and uh, Croxley's oh, and all that shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It has so many bars that my friends from high school who are all monsters, like <laughs> monsters, um, yeah, well, would, do, <laughs> would do bar golf, which is like 18 holes. Each hole had a different like birdie par, whatever. And do you know George Martin? That it's like it's like the nicest restaurant in town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right underneath the train, like oh yeah, on the north side of the tracks. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> my mom's uh, my mom used to work at a dentist office that was in Rockville Center, right over by George Martin. Oh, so wow. so it was like when when uh, I wish I could remember the doctor's name, but when the periodontist wanted to, like take her employee take his employees out for like a uh, very nice meal, it was always George it was Martin. always George Martin. George <laughs> Martin was like the spot, and that was like one of the like deeper holes in the bar golf and so all of my like disgustoid friends who were like probably like 24 at the time the birdie at George Martin was puking in a pint glass and leaving it on the bar and a couple of them did it oh (laughs) yikes that's awesome wait that's such a and so each bar has a different rule Mm -hmm. for bar golf yeah oh see that's awesome the only version of that game I ever played was in college and it was beer golf and we picked 18 holes around campus 
and it was like four to six people. And when you got to that hall, everyone chugged the beer. First one to finish got a one, second one to finish, and then you like had a score at the end. Yeah. And then we thought that was ingenious. Specific rules per venue is fucking wild. Yeah, it was like a if lot you eat of a planning. full lobster at Churchill's, yeah. you get like a birdie. <laughs> full lobster and throw up in someone's lap. <laughs> you win. Yeah, it was like really disgusting. I went with them to the RVC Lanes was the first hole, and then like the Chinese place on Sunrise Highway was the second hole. And then I was like, peace, I'm going to the 18th hole, which was Stingers. And I just <laughs> sat there and waited for them all to trickle in. And it was like really awful. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that would be 16 <laughs> bars later. It was a lot. Yeah. So I like went out to dinner, came back. But they were like really, truly, it was gross. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> My friends were disgusting. I mean, Rockville Center had a very intense drinking culture. It was Long very Island, intense. I feel like, has a strong drinking culture. And then when you get to be bar age, like the mm-hmm. whatever, 17, <laughs> 17 to like 25, you can really tie it on on Long Island. Yeah. I went to uh, me and Jackie and my friend Cam would go to McKeebs and Bogarts. Do you know like I bartended McKeebs, right? Did you bartend at McKeebs? In summers, yes. Whoa. What year? This would be like, oh, Two, oh, three, and oh, four, maybe. Okay, this was past. That's past my time. <laughs> past your time? Like, wait, I'm older than you, or younger than no, you? No, I think I was. T- I I was no longer going there once I was legal drinking age. Right, or well, no like one does. Over yeah, eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was bartending there at twenty one, and it would be like to bring my twenty one year old friends there. They were like, really? They're like, what are we at recess? <laughs> yeah, I was going there at seven. I remember going to um, Bogarts before it became Crebets, and that and Bogarts being famously the most easy bar to get into. Oh my God. It was insane. You can go in at 18 and be maybe the oldest person in there. Yeah. Drinking. Yeah. It was truly, it was like madness. We would just split a cab, go and then just like walk around and get like really fucked up. And my, this is a funny story, but it's kind of sad. That's so fine. I was a late, most of them are. I was a late bloomer. Uh, kiss wise, I was like real scared. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to save my first kiss or something really special. And so then we were at McKeebs and I was talking to this guy and he was like, you want to go outside and smoke a cigarette? And I, my friend Kim was like, this is it. This is the moment. So I was like, oh my God. All right. So I'm going to go To make it pee. to bar age before kissing. That's a pretty wild wait. Yeah. I was a... Uh, Late bloomer. (laughs) I was looking for love. And so, and then I was like, yeah, it definitely keeps looking for love. Least probable place to find love. (laughs) So yeah, I went to the bathroom to go pee. Cause I was like, I have to be like perfectly prepared for this like magical moment. And then I got back from the bathroom and my friends, Kim and Jackie were triple kissing. The dude? The guy. (laughs) And then they went on to be the girls that triple kissed everybody. And they had like, they were doing some promo thing with like a videographer and there was a lot of image imagery of them kissing, kissing guys Holy on shit. the internet. Yeah. Holy shit. That's so upsetting. <laughs> that could have been my first kiss. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm glad it wasn't. It could have been cool. <laughs> uh, although to be fair, it was under the stairs in Monterey's was my first kiss. After that. <laughs> so romantic. Uh, what, what beauty, what uh, timeless beauty. <laughs> Uh, McKeebs, a bar named because one owner is Irish and one is Jewish. That's what it comes from. Mick Hebes. What? Yep. <laughs> oh my God. They named it that. I love uh, that. Was the library bar popping off when library you Library mm. bar, not for me, but yes, yeah. probably for my sister. Library also. bar skewed a little older. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like still even 
It was chiller, but sleazier somehow. Mm. It was like there were 40-year-old men drinking there. No 40-year-old <laughs> men at McKeeves. A couple of 40. Yeah. The DJ. Oh, my manager. I, I feel bad blowing up his spot. My, the, my, the manager of the bar, who's also the DJ, was like 40 when I was 21. And he was DJing and like hooking up with like 19-year-old uh, girls. It was God. disgusting. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Wait, this no. guy's awesome. Yeah, and, at the time, I was just like, making out with girls. <laughs> That's just the coolest thing you so can do. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, you're twice their age. That's fucked up. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. If a girl like I was friends with made out with you, I would be upset. Oh, now I understand context. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a lot for 19 year old gamers to learn all that. It's a learning curve. Oh, I would uh, bartend at McKeebs. This was while I was because I worked at Jones Beach. I was a lifeguard at Field Six and Field Four. Uh, listeners of the podcast may have heard that over 200 times. Um, <laughs> I would bartend at McKeeves, get out, get off work at like three thirty in the morning, drive past that Sevs that's uh, south of Hempstead Turnpike, going down Newbridge or Belmore, whatever that is, get uh, like a vitamin water, like a to one of those. Tokido things that were like on the rolling oh, the roller. Yeah. yeah, those nasty ass uh, <laughs> like chicken sticks with an X, <laughs> and then uh, get like eighty dollars in scratch offs. <laughs> Because I had just gotten like $300 cash and I'm fucking 19 yeah. and I'm like, hell yeah. And I just like blow most of it. I'm like, well, because if I win 12 grand, then I'm fucking making money for the whole yeah. summer. Then do all that. Go to sleep at like 4.35 in the morning and then wake up at 7.38 and go to the beach and have people's lives in my hands all afternoon. That's insane. Yeah. It was literally the best days of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me think twice about feeling comfortable swimming at the They're beach. All, we're all, everyone there is a functional alcoholic. Like most people are functional. Wow. Everyone's like really into lifeguarding. But then as soon as the day is over, it's about getting trash. No one's fucking around. I mean, I'm sure some people are dangerous alcoholics that are. But that was like the most frowned upon thing ever. It's like, we'll let you sleep a hangover off all day, but do not get caught like fucking around on on the clock. Yeah. There was a guy that went that was a lifeguard at Jones Beach that was like the star of my high school. And I'm curious if you know him, but I'm scared to say his last name. His first name was Graham and he was like blonde and really Ooh, uh, I don't very beautiful. The, the big people I remember well, uh, there was uh the Scooden brothers that were all like Long Island uh Long Beach swimmers. Um off mic, we'll go into last names okay. and, we'll, and we'll sort out because I think I might know who you're talking about. He was he my friend Allison because he was two years older than us. So when we were in sixth grade, she was so obsessed with him and he would wear this like Kangol, like wide whale corduroy like hat. <laughs> that was maybe like simple brand. And one day he let her like wear it all day because she was so in love with him. Oh my God. Simple it was brand. So cool. I had simple shoes. Oh, me too. Oh, hell yeah. Clogs. Oh yeah, I had like the simple like sort of like they oh, like were, the skateboardy shoes. Yeah, like the skateboardy cool. ones because I was like a, a little airwalk kid from like seventh grade on. Yeah. I loved boys that wore airwalks. It was like I wore like I I I distinctly remembered an outfit the other day, and I like was trying to tell someone this. I remember being like going, getting dressed up to go to someone's party of some sort in like eighth grade and me putting on what I thought was like my best outfit I had. And it was black corduroy shorts, like past my knee, rusty brand, <laughs> uh, airwalk sh shoes and a zip up bowling shirt, like a short sleeve oh, from wow. like chess king with like the two streams of argyle down it. <laughs> yeah. I wore all that with like a Stussy hat where the brim was like shredded. Do you remember oh, when that yeah. was a style? Uh -huh. When you could get it to pop in the front, yeah. it looked so cool. That's and awesome. That's, I wore that with a puka shell necklace and I was like, 
<laughs> this is the best I've ever looked in my life. <laughs> and I'm saying it's eighth grade for my own sanity. It could have been 10th grade. You know what I mean? I could have been 16 having like going to try to lose my virginity dressed like wow. that. Wow. <laughs> Very was cute it. outfit. <laughs> but it was like what I thought was the coolest possible outfit. There's a surf shop on Merrick Road in, in Belmore called Alical Cruise. And I would just go to Alical Cruise and get inspired by cool clothes and then tell my mom what I wanted and she'd find the gank ass Marshalls version. <laughs> She's like, it's red 26. It's just like Susie, but $8 cheaper per article. And you're like, oh, cool. I'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, I love the skater where that was just like the coolest stuff to wear in middle school, but nobody skateboarded at all. Oh, yeah. Even and Roxy I, shit. Like, I never got on a surfboard in my life. Oh, hell yeah. I bought my high school girlfriend a Roxy watch when I went to Miami for vacation I with had, my like, friend. I had, like, a hibiscus on it yeah. or something. <laughs> and I gave it there. I was like, look, we're surfing. You know, I had, like, a Quicksilver watch. Like, I was, I would eventually, I, I skated in junior high and then bombed it. Like, my friends would actually skate and I would mostly arrive to whatever destination we were via skateboard and then kind of sit so around. Hang out. Yeah. <laughs> like, we would always skate to the McDonald's in Wontaw because Brand's Bicycle Shop was there and they sold skateboard stuff and you could maybe shoplift DVDs mm. if you got brave. Like skateboarding DVDs? <laughs> yeah, we would steal like 411 I think was the uh, the brand or whatever. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. And then we would like get there everyone would be like skating circles around Twin Lakes. Excuse me. Uh, protein shake. Uh, uh, we would skate around Twin Lakes, but I would sit down and just like eat chicken nuggets and drink my soda <laughs> like on my skateboard. <laughs> and if I got it's time to go home, I'd be like, wait for me. I'm like, so tired. If we got it uphill, I would be like carrying my skateboard. Full of soda. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is not good for me. This will eventually bring me down in my late 30s. <laughs> I wish I had This foresight. is going to catch up to me. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had the foresight. Why don't you just exercise with your friends? They're doing it. <laughs> like your friends are doing it right next to you. Just play along. This will help you so much for the rest of your life. Nope, not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I would later surf, but I kept the style forever. Yeah. Like I was so, I still dress pretty much the way I dressed when I was in like seventh grade. Like I still, I had a Billabong shirt on yesterday. Now I have a weed company shirt on, but the short, the shorts have gotten shorter and the shirts have gotten tighter. That's like the main change. Uh, I still wear like casual shoes and a hat every day and I'm 37. That's fine. <laughs> you found your look. I found my look you when know? I was 13 and it stuck. <laughs> I'm not bringing back bowling shirts anytime though. I wonder when those are going to come back. Because the 90s are back, so it's the late 90s, right? early aughts are coming. Right. If, in the in the way of the cycle, by 2022, swing music should be yeah, back. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, here's a humiliating fact. I took swing, my junior prom, my, I was a junior, my girlfriend was a senior. Uh, I went to prom, her prom, and we took swing dancing lessons, and I wore suits soon to... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I will scare up a picture and post it with this or at least send it to you. But I had like full blown like. Uh, Did you have a hat? I had the hat. <laughs> I had a chain. I had wingtip shoes, like baggy. Really loose pants. Yep. And <laughs> I fucking threw, like I, pra we like learned. I, between the legs move? Yeah, between the legs, oh on the hips, God. on the hips, threw her up in the air between the legs. That's sick. Did they play Jump, Jive and Whale? We asked for it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. We were like, cool. It was 2003, so oh, of course you were definitely going to hear yeah. Big Bad Voodoo, uh, uh, Squirrel Nut Zippers. Oh, yeah, in the afterlife. That yes. song is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, and then what was the other big one that was uh, 
in the movie Swingers. That's not not Squ- Zoot Suit Riot. <laughs> yeah, it is those guys. But is that still Squirrel Nut Zippers? There's one other no, band that was famous. Uh, Brian Setzer. And then there was one big bad voodoo daddy. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who could forget? Uh, BBVD. Well, that was like close to ska, and I was like, admittedly Sweet. into ska. Okay, so let's talk about this because ska was what all my friends were into. Like yeah. all my white boyfriends, aka we called us. They were, we were called the Mikes and the Johns because that's how white and in the eighties we were born. That four of us were Michaels and five of us were Johns. No Chris's. No Chris's. We didn't. Wow. We didn't let Chris's in oh, until. Okay. That makes us sound like we're like a country club. We didn't let Chris's in until integration. Until the eighties. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they were all into Scott. Uh, punk and ska, mm. like Pennywise bro him was mm-hmm. their theme. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, ska would blast all the time. And then I somehow got into swing because like my girlfriend at the time wanted to do it. And I thought it was cool and hip, but I never could get into ska. And I think it was truly rejecting my friends because they were kind of too into it. Oh, okay. You I, to I would later like- do that in college with marijuana where my roommates were so into weed that it made me hate. I was like, you guys are annoying and I'm yeah. going to not do it. But now you love weed. Now, yeah. Now I'm annoying. So maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll make you a little mix of like Long Island ska bands Hell, that you missed out on. Yeah, because it was a huge thing. It was huge. And like Long Island hardcore, I remember. Mm-hmm. I went to the Movie Life drummer's wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the wow. Movie Life drummer married one of my best friend's sisters and she brought me as her date. That's cool. Was Vinny there? Uh, which the singer? W- uh, yeah, the tatted up dude wow. with like the black rockabilly hair. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So cool. <laughs> was oh, like and a my superstar. Wife, my wife dated like uh, before we got married, uh, before we started dating, she dated like a hardcore singer from Westchester. Wow. So she sort of knew a lot of the bands like Movie Life and stuff mm-hmm. and then I got to like drop the knowledge like, oh yeah, I'm going to the Movie Life guys wedding. That's <laughs> it was like sick. so, made her jealous it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what what? Because you you are a musician. Were you yeah. were you performing at this time? Were you playing at this no time? No way. No, just a little fan. Yeah, I had I had friends who were in a band called Premarital Sax. Great name, Premarital uh, Sax. Premarital Sax. Yeah, they were a ska band. And <laughs> they better be. <laughs> yeah, they were just kind of like classical adjacent. Um, no, it was it was really they were like I thought they were the best band on the planet. I haven't listened to them in a long time, but so all of them were in a band, and I was desperate to like be in a band, but I was too scared to say anything. So I just like would just hope that they would ask me to be a backup singer, but then they never did. So that's okay. But yeah, yeah that's so, something you got to put out there. Yeah, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> You have to be like, I'm interested. I'm still struggling with that. Like, if I want to collaborate with anybody, I'll just, like, hope in my mind that they'll, like, have the same idea. That's how I feel about comedy, too. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, it'd be so cool if we worked together. It's like, I guess I could just ask them. Yeah. And now I'm, like, going to be 35, and I'm like, my life is passing me by. Right. Like, I better start asking people some yeah, shit. I've been in line at this coffee up. shop for an hour, yeah. <laughs> refusing to ask for a latte. Yeah. Seriously. So, like, yeah, I never was in premarital sex. Fine. That's okay. Um, but, like... The guys I'm in a band with now, the band that I'm I'm out here touring with, they were in a band from Baldwin called ASOB, the Arrogant Sons of Bitches. Wait, Antarctico Vespucci, yes. which is the name of the band I, who I listen to. I enjoy those guys. <laughs> um, they were they're from Chris Farron's from Long Island. Chris Farron is from Florida, but oh, Jeff Rosenstock and John DiDominici, who are also in the band, yeah. are from Baldwin. That's so wild. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Yeah. Fuck, maybe I should go tonight. I should change my plan. 
Yeah, it's very Long Island too. Like John wears like a backwards Yankees cap. Like he's I'm sitting here with a backwards Wild and Out hat. Oh, on. They're perfect. <laughs> You'll love him, dude. Yeah. That's so awesome. I had no idea. ASOB. I feel mm-hmm. like someone I know had that sticker on either an oh, amp yeah. or their skateboard. Their stickers were everywhere. You know what band's stickers were everywhere and I never heard a note? Chimichanga. I don't know if you've yes, ever seen dude. those around. They were like at like uh, toll booths. They were fucking everywhere. They were on like 12 stop signs yeah. around the Sunrise Really, Highway really good at yeah. branding Chimichanga. Yeah. But I never, never heard a note. Oh, when did you get, when did you get into music? Did you get into music while you're still on the island or after the Yeah, thing? I was like, well, Jeff um, from ASOB like kind of disbanded that band and then was like, I was on Long Island. I was going to Nassau. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. NC squared, mm-hmm. baby. NCC. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to Nassau and I was working at Sam Goody. Everyone in the Gabers, every surviving member of the Gabers family besides me has gone to Nassau. So my Wait, mom, you didn't go to Nassau? No, I, I was, uh, I went str- uh, straight away to straight college. Straight track. In hindsight. I would have loved to have gone to Nassau and had an extra fucking done your first two years. My, yeah, my exactly. Yeah. Um, but my brothers both went to Nassau. My mom went to Nassau, and my mom taught at Nassau too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. In the nursing program. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I loved, I loved Nassau. Me and my buddy Wolf, because I was living in Long Beach. Um, As one is want to do when yeah. you move out, right? <laughs> and my friend Wolf was going there, so we would just like carpool and just like hang out, and it was fun. I mean, like you know, like not everybody wanted to be there, but no. it was it was easy to like thrive if you like were interested and you like spoke to your professors. They'd give you like glowing recommendations for yeah other schools. <laughs> it felt it felt like in a in a, and I mean this in a positive way where it was an extension of high school where you could coast through it in two years and be like, that was so easy. Mm-hmm. Or you could be like, some of my friends were like, I'm really actually learning something. Like one yeah. of my friends is like, I took bowling twice. You know, like, all right, man. And another friend is like, I figured it out. I'm going to get my master's in education. You yeah. know? And it's like, also you saying you're living in Long Island and commuting to Nassau. That's like, of the two Nassau tracks, it's like you're forced to be there and you live with your mom and dad and it's awful. Or you move out, you live in RVC or, L- or LB and you commute to Nassau and you're choosing it. And then that's a whole nother vibe to Nassau. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I loved, I don't know. I loved those years and I could also like drop out and go back a lot, which was great when I was like first starting to tour. Cause I started touring in Jeff's band. Um, I guess I was like 18 or 19 and I was living in Long Beach, sometimes working at Minnesota's, you know, Minnesota's, yes. <laughs> I was their musical act. Wednesday mu- nights. The, the, that's amazing. <laughs> you perform at Minnesota's. Yeah. Well, uh, my sister and my roommate, uh, were both like sleeping with the owners. <laughs> and so then they got me like a job and I would make like $250 a night. That's amazing. It was really great. And I mean, it was a little soul sucking because I had to play like, you know, I played like an Eagle Eye Cherry song and like <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. And then sometimes like I would be playing and like I, I would I would do like a Taking Back Sunday song. Oh, hell yeah. And then um, and then people would be like, play that song. And, and I would have already have played it like 20 minutes prior. But they were like, my friend just showed up. She loves that song. So I'd have to play the same song. <laughs> like 20 minutes later. Yeah. And even the people who were there for the first 20, don't even, that doesn't even phase them. No, it's a they're repeat. just all like Google-eyed, like totally drunk people. But it was fun. And I would get pint glasses of gin and tonics. And oh, that's the fucking dream, those dude. My, <laughs> that's, that was my life for a little while. <laughs> Are you kidding? I would kill for that life. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I'm thinking about like playing next to an ATM 
you know where people are like arguing over like try a different pin and you're yeah. like standing right there like oh my <laughs> god my sister Okay, so I lived like on the east end of Long Beach at first in a one-bedroom apartment. My mm-hmm. sister graduated college. She went to Quinnipiac. And then my friend Maeve, who my mom was dating her dad, so she moved in with me. I don't know. <laughs> she she had also graduated. Uh, so my friend, potential stepsister. <laughs> yeah, maybe stepsister. Um, so like they both moved into my one-bedroom apartment because they didn't have a place to live. And so they would get hammered at Minnesota's and then take a cab all the way back to like the east end. And... Uh, one night I woke up to my sister like banging on the door and I was like, what's going on? And they were like totally blackout drunk. And my sister just had all these receipts that said incorrect pin. Cause she went to Long Island bagel, like down on the West end. Cause they had like the cheapest ATM and she could not figure her pin out. She was that blackout drunk. So I went downstairs. She's like, can you pay the cab driver? Like, he's really mad. Like, please, can you pay him? And I was like, all right, fine. So I went down, I had money. And then my sister just kept going, tell him that I'm nice because he really he doesn't like me. And like, just tell him. And and I was like, okay. And then I went over and looked and it was a woman and her thing said her name was Mindy. And she just kept going, I'm a woman. (laughs) Your sister was like, like, tell him I'm nice. He hates me. Please. (laughs) I was like, Katie, get inside. Just that, get inside. There's so many truly <laughs> Long Island elements to that story where the best intentions are like, look, we're tr- I'm trying to make friends. And then like the person hates you because you're too trashed. And the cab across town, like yeah. the cab within one town, mm-hmm. whereas like we, it could have been a brutal walk. But, yeah, it would but, have been like 25 minutes. Yeah, but which is like nothing once you live in, this, in New York City. But uh, back then you're like, oh, I got to take a cab home. Yeah. I remember... Missing my train coming home from uh, New York City and waking up in Babylon on the way back Oof. and not knowing what's going on. So I jump out. Then I get, in, I get, I hail a cab. Cab takes me back to Belmore. And on the cab ride, I'm like, fuck, I don't have any cash on me. And I'm like, I don't have any cash on me. She was like, I'm like, I have cash in my house. Will you wait for me? And so then, like, I run into the house and my mom's like, Jonathan, Jonathan, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. I got to get money for the cab. She's like, cab? Like, you know, it's like money. You're spending money. Like that activates my mom's first time. She's like engaged in my life at that point. And she like comes running downstairs and she's like, what is, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, now I have to explain. Like I was black, I'm blacked out. I missed a train stop. I'm took a cab home. It's cost me a fortune. It's it, two hours later than I wanted to be home. It's awful. <laughs> That's never happened to me. I've never, it's always been a big fear, but I've never fallen asleep and ended up in Babylon. Thank God. I have a handful of (laughs) times for like the, there was like a year and change, like maybe 15 months where I lived in my mom's house, but uh, worked Monday through Friday in New York city. Yeah. There was actually the three months after college, I worked seven days a week for, cause I worked five days a week at VH1, which was like 10 to 12 hour days. And then Saturdays and Sundays I would do 10 hours at the beach. Cause I just oh my God. needed more sun time. I, I was, and I would bartend every once in a while too. I was truly loaded. Like I was living at my mom's house and in hindsight, if I would have just put that money away, I yeah. could have lived in Brooklyn <laughs> fine. But instead I bought, spent it all on DVDs. Wow. <laughs> DVDs and like drinking and eating fucking sandwiches every morning. Isn't that so sad? how it's just gone or maybe DVDs will maybe they'll regain their yeah maybe someday I'll bust them out of the Rubbermaid bins that they're stored in now and be like DVDs are back baby who wants to buy Big Trouble in Little China on (laughs) Blu-ray yeah as soon as we bought our house 
uh, my husband's parents came up with giant rubber bins of DVDs, and they're just in my garage. They're like, Get, take these. They're like, us. finally, you're in a place, but now we just have them, and I'm going to try to slowly just... <laughs> I'll show them, them out. Yeah. Uh, my mom is like borderline hoarding and that's like a whole nother stressful family thing. But right. she still brings up that I have two boxes of comics in like the downstairs <laughs> closet. She's always like, are you ever going to take those comics with you? And I'm like, Joanne, there's three, ca- three living room sets in the basement. I'm like, let's not worry about my two boxes of comics. Okay. I'll get them at some point. I'll like ship them out when we, when you move out of here or something like that. But it's so funny. She's always on my case about that. I'm like, fucking re- look at the rest of your kingdom before you start. <laughs> <laughs> is that the same house that you grew up in? Is that- yeah, uh, I moved when I was 13, which in, at the time was the biggest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. But when I try to explain to people, I'm like, oh, I moved from Freeport to Belmore. It's like two towns. Yeah. But the entire vibe, and it was like sixth grade. So I moved to a new school in sixth grade and then a new school in seventh grade, then a new school in ninth grade, all because of how the Belmore Merrick school district is. Oh so I was like in a new school three years in a row. And it was just like the most complicated system for me coming from being one of the only white kids in my school too, to being like, uh, you know, zero well, right. v- 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 minimal minorities in my next school. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And what I learned was kids paid more like, the, when I was one of the minor, like when it was just a handful of white kids at all black and Hispanic school, no one even like paid attention to me. <laughs> like it didn't matter. Like I dressed like a, and then I go to an all white school. They're like, you're not wearing fucking sweatpants. You can't wear sweatpants to school. And I was like, why? And they're like, you're, this is sixth grade. You got to buy jeans. <laughs> oh like, yeah, that was the switch. Sixth grade from leggings, yeah, to jeans. And I was like, why do I have to wear jeans? And my parents w- didn't want me to get jeans. I think because they were like expensive, or like they knew I'd grow out of them. And like yeah. sweatpants, you get like an, another half a year yeah. out of. <laughs> I guess until <laughs> they're, they're a like little short, that's danger okay. tight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, mom, can I not wear sweatpants? You know, the same year that boners start happening. <laughs> get a seam in there arthur hold it in hi buddy oh he's a fan Artie, so cute get down bud get down be cool be cool be cool there it is he's all he's a little worked up we were like almost gonna move a million times when i was a kid and we never did and then my mom just sold my house like a couple days ago oh wait so the rvc house was the rvc house well okay so my mom and my dad got divorced when i was like one I think officially um but my dad was still on the deed so it's like a whole big mess so my mom was like I'll just like wait and like never sell and I'm like please like figure it out and she's like a snowbird she lives in Florida for most of the year anyway so like now she's paying taxes full price like she doesn't get any exemptions because she's like mostly a resident in Florida so it's like a whole big to do but my mom also owns a property in Fort Lauderdale oh really very nice well maybe if you're down there on a holiday oh my god Fort Lauderdale have you ever been to, they have like the best tiki bar in the world. No, but oh my God. I, got, I guess I got to stay at my mom's apartment. I got to write point. it down for you after this. Like it was really, it's, it's incredible. Oh. I've never been anywhere like it. That's amazing. I love tiki bars. I don't know why it's my new thing. Tiki bars. It We've been re- going to one every day on this tour. Have you? Yeah, it's great. Are you, have you guys been to Tiki Tea in Van Nuys yet? We didn't do a LA one yet. Oh, uh, the one in Van Nuys. Oh, there's one, there's one in Silver Lake called Tiki Tea and it's like, got six chairs in it it's very small so it's always it'll be probably a clusterfuck on a friday night but the one in van nuys which i think is called the tonga hut 
is fucking awesome. And it's like kind of dead. It's kind of, it's, it's bigger. It's not dead, but it's, it's definitely bigger and has more. Um, I'm very, oh man. I love a a dead tiki bar. Yeah, me too. I really like the vibe of tiki bar. I don't even like sweet drinks. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) But I I can get into them for the sake of the tiki bar. I don't drink rum ever except at a a tiki bar all of a sudden I'm like, can I have the scorpion bowl? (laughs) I went to a tiki bar in Barcelona. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) That's how much I like them. Everybody's going to get tapas. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. I got to get, no. uh, I got to culturally appropriate a completely different culture. <laughs> I'm in Barca Bob, appropriating culture that I don't fully understand. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I think it's like also like an amalgamation of like different types of cultures. Oh, and yeah, then people yeah. are just like, okay, all in one restaurant. Yeah. It's like a China buffet of, yeah. uh, <laughs> of Polynesian right. islands. As yeah. you can see, I have an, uh, uh, some, several Hawaiian shirts. As oh, a matter of okay, fact, as, set. I, as I look over, I'm like, why isn't my closet closed <laughs> it's wow. all very colorful i like it very uh, much uh surprise surprising no one um what is there a long island tiki bar i know there's a really good staten island one that's like supposedly really famous but i don't know i'm sure there is there's yeah, gotta be there's gotta be i never uh so let's go back to bar hanging out at bars uh the rvc bars are your scene right like that's like the yeah did you yeah. Ever, did you venture because we had in uh, in Belmore, we had F and Groovin, which was oh, right I on. I loved F and Groovin. That's where I spent my twenty first birthday. Really? Yeah, I got a lot of snake bites. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and is uh, snake bite the one with Guinness with champagne? It's in like it? a gimlet. It's like no, oh, it's like okay. a. I think it's lime and, and like Yukon Jack or something. Yeah, like that. it's yeah. gross. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, there was like we drank something called an annoying customer, which was Guinness with frambois in it. We what were, is frambois? Is that like a strawberry? Yeah, it's thing? like the raspberry lambic. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I know it's disgusting. <laughs> oh, hindsight is that tastes just, like a chocolate raspberry. Yeah, it was souffle. brutal. Um, we hung out there starting when we were seventeen because our friends were uh, my friend's older brother took us there. So I became like a beer snob. In high school, where I was drinking wow. like Belgian, and now I don't drink Belgians at all. But I was You're drinking, drinking like, like delirium. Yep, Chimay. We were like, oh, wow. one New Year's Eve, we reserved a table <laughs> and two magnums of Chimay, and we were like 19 years old. Wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, F and Groovin was my jam. That was the that was like the cool bar. I feel like that was like where the punks kind of hung out. Right, because it was sort of like. It wasn't like uh, there was a jukebox, not like a DJ. Yeah. Uh, there it was. No bud, no bud light was like the big rule. Yeah. They said uh, they had the the bartenders wore T-shirts that said they serve bud light at Mulcahy's. Wow. Like literally like go drink somewhere else. <laughs> that's what you want. <laughs> so it definitely fun. like weeds out a certain clientele, which is a, a lot of the Long Island. Yeah, it was so smart. I mean, trust me, I would go to Mulcahy's yeah. and grind. I had to. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get like six cent wings or whatever yeah, it was. I, I, in my head, I've I've been watching these nature documentaries and I can, I can start to like out of body, outer, out of body experience, see myself as like a six, 17 year old going to Mulcahy's and like, be like, I'm gonna get fucked up. Oh shit, I hope there's a chick with short hair here. You know, like, I love short hair. Like, and I'm like, and I'm looking at that Gabrus and I'm like, oh, this is like a male, like, this is yeah. like male development where it's like, uh, procreate. <laughs> Just an animal. And, and then I would go to F and Groove and be like, oh, cool. They're like, culture. Yeah, we can, Ooh. we can sip alcohol and talk. And, uh, 
I remember only one time a friend put on uh, like $12 worth of Bruce Springsteen, like like over an hour straight of Bruce. And at like 45 minutes, the bartender was like, I'm sorry. I don't know who did this. This is one of the first times we're doing this. And he just unplugged wow. the jukebox and then plugged it back. It's a bold move because I feel like he's kind of polarizing on Long Island. He is. Like people love him. It's Bruce or Billy world, I think. Yeah, you got to gotta be Billy. I just saw Billy Friday night at MSG. I know. I saw on your Instagram story. How was that? I want to do that. It so was bad. fucking awesome. Is he still, is it ending? Is it's, it I, still as happening? As far as I know, he, uh, next month it's on his 70th birthday. The, the May one is on his 70th. So I don't know how much longer he's going to do it for, but I can imagine a little, I, I can imagine. That's why pretty much we, my wife and I flew to New York to go to this concert. Wow. We were like, I don't know how long the Billy residency is going to be. Yeah. I've never seen him at the garden. I've never seen him, period. That was my first time seeing I've him. I've never seen him either. Yeah, my mom's seen him like a hundred times and I, and my brother's seen him a bunch and I was like, I want to see him at the garden. Tony wow. Bennett came out to sing New York State of Mind, which was pretty Holy fucking awesome. Shit. And that was the first time that Billy looked young. <laughs> was when, all of a sudden you're like the whole time you're like damn Billy got old and you're then like, wow, fucking Billy Tony Bennett great. waddles out and you're like oh Billy's got it Billy's got it going on Billy's like 30 years younger than him somehow wow. <laughs> yeah I worked at the uh, Arboretum in Oyster Bay I worked for um, like the Planting Fields Arboretum I don't know if you've ever been but it's a really beautiful <laughs> it sounds spot like I, I feel like I went there for a field trip at yeah some point. it's like it's really gorgeous but I worked for this thing called Friends of the Arts which was like a non-profit like music venue and it would have a lot of like older skewing older you know like Arlo Guthrie and little feet and stuff like that but they had Alexa Ray Joel play and Billy was on the premises I never got to see him but he was like around and my friend was like running the VIP area so she saw him and she said that his legs were perfectly smooth I believe it do you think he's a swimmer or do you think he's just like meticulous I think he might be hairless do you think does he have eyebrows I'm trying to imagine when you see him now he he's because he's bald completely And he has just like a little faded goatee. He looks like a drawing. He looks like a cartoon drawing. Wow. I would believe that his legs are almost hairless. That's wow. crazy. Oh. It gives me like a chill up my spine. I fucking I don't love know that. why. Uh, <laughs> it's exciting a, to me. I, have, I had a very mean joke about Alexa uh, Joel growing up that was poor girl got her dad's looks and her mom's voice. <laughs> Which is like, like she has the most beautiful mother and the most uh, like talented musically father and got the wires yep. crossed somehow where it's like... <laughs> I mean, she is beautiful and yeah, she is, she's a, uh, she's a hottie and she is also a decent singer, but yeah. it's like the fact that she came from those two is like so <laughs> funny to me. It's like, I, we should be genetically designing the perfect singer songwriter. <laughs> Alexa Ray. Uh, Ale- she's the titular uh, person in my favorite uh, Billy Joel song she's of all time. Long Island royalty. <laughs> she- oh, Down Easter Alexa. Is that your Hell yeah. Song? Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. the Down Easter Alexa is the name of the boat named for his daughter. Yeah. And, I fucking love that song. It is beautiful. I love like songs that tell stories like that. Like I'm a epic pressure tales. gal. What? I like pressure. Oh, hell yeah. But I say pressure, not pressure. Oh, of course, because it's pressure. That song is like really intense, you know? And when I was little. Yeah, it's upsetting. It like got me going. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I haven't fucking thought that. I don't think he played that. Did he not? No. I mean, that song's really, really hard, I would think. I think he brought out like and he announced the guy's name and I'm f- feel embarrassed that I didn't recognize not only did I not recognize it but I never followed up but some Asian gentleman who was a bomb ass pianist and uh Billy's like I'm gonna bring him out to help me out for two songs and it was like the fastest most hardcore songs because you're like oh yeah Billy can't keep up with it he, yeah. he even says it he's like it's too tiring oh who 
who did I just hear that from? Like, oh, why don't you save that song for the end of the act? And he's like, by the end of the act, I can't do it. I'm too tired. I have to do it like early. I have to do one of their bomb hits early, which is so cool. Does he, is he like as, so he's less physical, but is he still like standing and like doing? He still stands. He still smashes, like he still plays keyboard, like, uh, like plays the piano, like two hammers. And they had the, the like key cam, you know, that you see on like, uh, where it's like the, the profile view of the hands Whoa, on the keys. Oh, cool. And he has like paws. Like he has like short, stubby fingers. Yeah. The dude, and he talks about it a lot. Uh, he's not built to play the piano. He's got like. He doesn't have the, a graceful. Yeah. He has like fucking. He looks like an Ewok hand. He has like two little Ewok hands. <laughs> and he just fucking is like. And his fingers are so thick. You can like. The kind of thick where there's no knuckle definition. Right, right, right. You know, it's just like, bah, 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 and you just see his little meaty hands smashing the keyboard. And it makes Aww. me like him even more. Yeah. It, I, let, let, <laughs> let's analyze for a second why Billy is so quintessentially Long Island. Not just because he's from Long Island. And he, the most Long Island thing he does is be a millionaire and pretend to be blue collar. Yeah. Which is like so on game for <laughs> yes. Long Islanders. It's like, you're like, I make $750,000 a year as a hedge fund manager, but for fuck's sake, the Yankees better win this fall, you know? And it's like, shut, you went to uh, Wharton, you relax. <laughs> Which I think is why, and I'm just screaming all my theories at once, but I think that's why Long Island reacts so positively to Trump. Oh, yeah. Because he is totally. like what they believe. That's what he's like. Look, he's blue collar, just like me. Yeah. He's like a millionaire. And it's like, so are you. You have, you own a huge house in Amityville with like a yard and shit like that. Yeah. You're, you're fine. You're not blue collar anymore. Yeah, I don't understand what that is. It's the pride and being like the immigrant pride of like hundreds right. of years ago. And yeah. like needing to hustle and like having yeah. to like work for it. It's like, no, you inherited it. <laughs> your parents <laughs> right. hustled for it. <laughs> you're going to squander it and leave your kids nothing and yeah, very that's true. the way it's gonna go <laughs> that was your generation's job yeah thanks for Good nothing work. Mom. <laughs> i know that's always my mom she's like well you know i just want to make sure that there's something left for the boys you know like and i'm like mom there's no way you can have enough money to change your three sons yeah. lives like if you own a home and sell it and we split it three ways that's like a wonderful thing like i don't need to split up $80,000 of your savings. Like go on vacation, buy a new whatever, Mm -hmm. just spend it. Like (laughs) me and my brothers aren't going to be like life change because we each got 14 grand when you passed away. It goes away in a minute. (laughs) Yeah, just take it and run with it. We'll be fine. (laughs) Um, Also, Billy is sort of constantly talks about how much he sucks. You know, he's really? always like, I'm not even a good pianist. He's like, oh, this song's from The Stranger. I hated this song. You know, and he like <laughs> says shit like that. I feel like I do that on stage. It is like a oh Long Island thing because you don't want to, you, you have like the cockiness, but you, you know that I have to roast myself before they do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you're so used to getting made fun of, I guess. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad, <laughs> but it's so true. I'm so pre-defensive in engagements like where I'll be like, yeah, you guys want to grab a drink? Oh, yeah, grab a drink. Okay, so I'm the guy who wants to grab a drink. And I'm like <laughs> making fun of myself and no one's even responding. Everyone's just looking You're at like, me like. Mm, I guess we don't. <laughs> who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. I, I've been doing that a lot. I've noticed like as people have been like talking to me about like new shit. I'm just like, ah, that song's old. I don't know. Whatever. I've been like writing, I've been writing like new stuff that's like way better. I swear to God. (laughs) Right. And that is sort of like, that is sort of a Long Island thing too, where you're like, I don't want to take too much pride because that's like corny. Yeah. How could you say thank you to a compliment? Point blank. No, right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that that might be our entire generation, Long Island notwithstanding. Yeah. But it is so true where it could just be like, 
all you have to say is, oh yeah, no, that thank you that you're correct. Instead, it's like this fucking song. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, all right, well, it's because of blah blah, you know. And you're, you only like it because you know me. And yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like I'm like constantly like my family's like, oh, why didn't you tell us you were in the pilot, uh, the f- episode of What We Do in the Shadows? I was like, ah, it was a small part. It's like they're like my family's like, no, yeah. you're on television. That's huge to us. <laughs> I and figured I, they were gonna cut it. Yeah, like, truly, I and was, they like, didn't. And I think they might be idiots. <laughs> I would have cut it. I tried to get them to cut it. You're like, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm the funniest motherfucker I know. And then someone's like, you're hysterical. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Shut up. Come on. I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. Don't even say that. Yeah. Oh. And so now, now you live in the Hudson Valley. How does that feel differently than Long Island, too? Well, the first town I was living in was like this teeny, teeny, tiny town. And it was super liberal bubble where like there was a woman who lived there that had like a transcendental meditation drum circle store (laughs) (laughs) purchase drum circles yeah well like they would have like drum circles and then there was like a whole like community around that but she like sold drums but it was kind of just like a storefront for her like drum circling and that was like the most popular store in the town oh that's amazing yeah, and her name's free at last she's like very cool her name is free at last yeah oh that's um, so cool so it was like a lot of like long gray braided hair you know like Hell in that yeah. town and then i moved to a town that's like a little bit more kind of conservative in pockets you know uh so it's like a little strange the house that we bought is in a town that I'm just like I don't know uh, <laughs> New York New York people would be surprised I think because I think uh, around America everyone considers New York City to be like this liberal bastion and they're correct with the exception of like all the Wall Street money that's there but when you start going like a couple hours north of New York there's like another Mason Dixon line yeah it's weird like there's like Trump flags and like I don't know like if I can be as like open about talking about stuff with like people yeah. that live around me cause I'm the, like, uh, I don't want to put stickers on my car. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not driving my Fiat with a Bernie yeah. sticker <laughs> through this neighborhood. Um, there, there's like, uh, I use the term endearingly, not, not, uh, derogatorily but there, like you get to there's such thing as like New York Hicks mm-hmm. like you get where it's like we have quads and horses and property and guns and bows and arrows and you're like what in New York you're yeah. I, I live 40 I grew up 40 minutes away from the city you're one hour away from the city this is way d- but I think also I'm now I'm just rambling but further east out on Long Island too you can get oh, into yeah. like uh you know People have property, people have guns, people mm-hmm. have like, it's not as suburban. Yeah, yeah. right before you hit the Hamptons. Right before, and, they, and then it yeah. flips, the switch flips back <laughs> the other way. Way far in the other direction. But uh, yeah, it gets weird up there. It's strange. I mean, you went to school in Poughkeepsie. Did, yeah. did you see any of that really? Or it, Poughkeepsie was weird because when I was there in the early aughts, Poughkeepsie was sort of like a sort of rundown neighborhood that had a college in it. Okay. Like er, every direction was sort of like, uh, either a campus building, a building, a, a, a business that survives based on the campus, like a, a deli, a bagel store, mm-hmm. a beer, a beer place, a bar or projects. It was like that was like all that's around uh, Marist for some. I think according to, you know, text chains from old college roommates that it's wildly different now. It's like so, so been gentrified, like yeah, so much fancy. bougie yeah, and Marist buildings have gotten like more and more. There's like off campus housing that Marist runs and shit like that. We lived in like the trashiest fucking house in college. <laughs> 
it was crazy. But it was like a two family, a huge two family corner home. But we, it was absolute trash inside. And we lived like, tra- I, in hindsight, like, it's so funny that my now wife, who was in, I knew in college, was my girlfriend. She would come over to that house. And like, she's like, but you've seen how I live now. If yeah. you could imagine, like, we had a house that a homeless person cut his hair in while we were gone on vacation. <laughs> Truly, we came home and Scotty. This we uh, his name. We called him. Unfortunately, now we know it's a derogatory term, but we called him Scotty the Bum. He called himself Scotty the Bum. He introduced himself as Scotty the Bum. We let him. Uh, we always left our cans out for him because we would go through like two garbage bags of cans a weekend. Yeah. So he would he would take those and cash them in. And then one time when we were gone for winter break, he broke into the house and lived there for like the month that the three weeks that we were all wow. gone. And my roommate was a barber. One of the one of my roommates was a barber. He would cut everyone's. His name was Sal. He was as Italian as he came. Uh-huh. And he cut every Italian kid's hair, every Guido. You don't have to be Italian to be a Guido. Cut every Guido's hair with like the shape oh, the lines up. Yeah, and stuff. Uh, all oh, cool. that stuff. And people would line up and either give him $5 or a pack of parliaments and he would cut their hair. <laughs> And so apparently Scotty came in, used the uh, clippers on himself, and then wow. like lived in our house for like- How did he the- look when you saw him? Did he do a good job? We were kind of like, dude, you can't bit. be here anymore. I'm sorry, man. Then we were we had to like break it off with him. And it was yeah. like complicated. We were like, we'll leave the cans out, but we can't talk to you I anymore. I mean, that's a breach of trust. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's of course. fair. That's fair. <laughs> but then also in hindsight, I'm like- I. Our parents are paying for it. Like, right, you right. know, uh, he's homeless. We're all living at home in our mom and dad's like suburban yeah. nice homes. And this empty house is sitting there. And this right poor now. guy has no place to live in the dead of winter, Poughkeepsie. I'm like, you can't fucking live in our house. I'm like, though you probably should have. Yeah. <laughs> like, although in hindsight, like now, uh, bleeding heart liberal Gabrus would be like, Scotty, you can have my Come room. Come in, Scotty. <laughs> Spoon with me, Scotty. <laughs> I'll cut your hair. Scotty, the person. <laughs> yes, that's my new nickname. <laughs> I love it. Um, I find LA to be a lot like Long Island in a way, like especially in my neighborhood without giving too many details. But you can see that it's like suburbs, Sunrise Highway, like mm-hmm. Melrose's Sunrise, Santa Monica's, like Hempstead Turnpike, like yeah. it's like weirdly like businessy, business, businessy, but the streets in between are just like completely quiet. residential. Yeah, yeah, and it really reminds me of that. In lo- and the everyone out here bitches about traffic, and I was like, I just grew up where everything yeah. took forever. Like yeah. we didn't leave for the beach before eight in the morning. It was like a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to Queens College. I moved back to my mom's house because then she became a snowbird. So I was just like living in her house, in her empty house and going to Queens College. And that's like from Rockville Center. That's like 25 minutes. But I would give myself an hour and a half. Yeah. My brother works in Rockville Center. Um, He works at Mercy Hospital uh, where I was born. Were you born there? No, I was born in Winthrop. Oh, excuse me. That's where my mom works. (laughs) My mom works at Winthrop. My brother works. My mom and brother are both nurses. Uh, My... uh, Rockville Center to Belmore, if there's no traffic, is a 10 to 15 yeah. minute drive. Super and quick. he has to give himself 50 minutes. And he wow. works the night shift. What? <laughs> it's just always crazy. He works 7P to 7A and he has to fucking hustle his That's insane. To give himself so much time. But if you give yourself time and then you like, then you make good time, then you can like sleep in your car. <laughs> That's 100%. I, I've I, uh, so many times yeah. gotten to the beach a half hour early for work and I'm like, well, I'll be out in a second. Yep. Like put my towel over my head and just fall asleep. Absolutely. That's what I would do every morning at Queens College. And then like, I would also 
record on my like Dell computer with a little external microphone. I would record me reading my outline because I was an art history student. So I like, it's just all memorization. Oh, right. And so I would just record myself reading my outline and then I would just put it on a CD and listen to it in the car. So then I could just be like studying while I was driving. I was taking a lot of Adderall too. So like, I feel like <laughs> so that was like, yeah, that was helping. <laughs> You're driving, talking to yourself. That's playing through and your I'm radio. Like, 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 harsh overhead lighting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like crazy. I'm like, ah. Pulling up alongside someone on the LIE. They're like, uh. <laughs> Miss, are you okay? Your nose is bleeding. <laughs> you look really thin. But your clothes are like Thank really you. baggy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was so thin, but I didn't realize. So I didn't like even take advantage of it. Because like my clothes, I still wore the same clothes. And uh, I was just like running around like a just crazy like, person. Fry, uh, like uh, anxiety yourself to like a skinny body. Well, is just that- Adderalled myself to a really uh, skinny body. Oh, I never got caught days. up in the Adderall and I, I, I debate it like still because I'm having so much focus issues like getting writing done and I'm like I'm afraid to take one and it works and I'm like fuck now I'm gonna take this every day yeah no totally and and then you'll get like anxiety about like how you can focus when you're on Adderall and then like I, I don't know because I was doing it for writing sometimes like I would only do it for school well, I, was do- I was given it as a mood elevator from a like, doctor? Yeah. From a psychiatrist that worked like right by Roosevelt Field Mall. <laughs> <laughs> With the source? No, yeah. okay, good. Not the source. <laughs> no, just the field. Um, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we, uh, <laughs> Roosevelt Field Mall, holy shit. Did you ever work there? I never worked there, uh, no. I always worked as a lifeguard. I worked at the town of Hempstead uh, Pools, like Forest City Pool and stuff, and then I switched to... and it. My my mom and dad, like I was always like a little swimmer boy and I loved the beaches and pools and my mom and dad found out how much like a 16 year old lifeguard makes and they were like, Jonathan, be a lifeguard. <laughs> I'm like, why? I don't want to. I want to work. At, I want to work at PacSun. Like that's oh, our, yeah. like a video game store, mm-hmm. or Blockbuster. Those Where are you're like, making like six dollars an hour. Yeah, that's yeah. my dream. Lifeguards start at like fourteen fifty wow. in two th- in 1998 for a 16 year old. That's an insane amount of money. Yeah. And my family was like, no, do this. You'll be. And then summers would come. Everyone would be hanging out, and I would work like six, eight-hour days at Town Hempstead Pools. But I would get huge ass paychecks, yeah. and I'd be like, "Oh, I this is like so." I, it truly is the best job for a sixteen-year-old to have because yeah. it's like, "Oh, you could just be in the sun all summer long and like not be too exhausted." Did you ever have to save anybody's life, like CPR? No, never. I never had to do CPR. I, I had to backboard a person once, and I had to give oxygen to a person once uh, for heat exhaustion, but pulling people out of the uh, pool once or twice off the diving boards in town of Hempstead a handful of times once I started working at the Jones Beach State Parks mm. because a lot of city kids would uh, go out too far and get stuck uh, um, before even the ocean they would uh, city kids would show up and jump off the diving board and not even fully know that pools could be eight feet deep oh in the pool yeah they would ne- like I, I, they'd never been in a pool deeper than eight feet oh wow. and they would like jump off the diving board and sink and yeah. we would be like oh shit and they were like oh I thought I'd be able to stand like, yeah bra- the, a combination of ignorance and bravery I, yeah. I'd never I'll never see again <laughs> Um, but then when I went, eventually worked in the ocean, we would have a bunch of saves uh, yeah. every day. But it was never like, holy shit, we just caught this person from dying. It was always just like, this person cannot get back in on their own. Right. We have to go get them. Yeah. I didn't know about the like swim sideways for the rip current thing. And I was in the outer banks with my little brother and he was on a boogie board and we were just like too far out and we got stuck. And I was just pulling him in because I was a strong swimmer. 
you know, I was on like swim teams my whole life. So I was like trying to pull him in. And I was starting to get exhausted. And then I saw everybody doing like, you know, pointing down the beach. And then I finally like it clicked. Yeah. You got to get out of the suck, as we say. But I was like, really just also like once because my dad had a boat. And so we would always be like going out on the boat. And my sister told me that I needed to bring the anchor in. Cause like my dad was already on the boat. We were kind of like, we were docked. We, we lived in Island park. So like we, it was usually like around in the bay in there. Right, we'd right. find like a secret beach. And well, like, there, there were Island, Island park was a bar destination town too, right? Island park was, but I didn't really like do much except there was actually, there was this like club thing. Turtle Bay, right? Was that what it was called? It was like a kid's nightclub. Oh, okay, no, that's not the, <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Oh, I know the name of this. And they had like rave stuff going on. Yes, there was like. It was kind of popular in uh, Long Island in that time period for 18 to swim, 21 to go under was mm-hmm. what they would call it, right? Like you can get in at 18, <laughs> but then you could have a wrist break and then you would just get someone with a bracelet to buy you drinks yeah, and hopefully not get caught. But yeah, there was a few. Oh, I, can, I wish I could remember because my brothers were talking about it. And they had like foam parties and stuff. Yeah, it, it, they would treat it like a club but sans alcohol, yeah. more or less. Uh, but yeah, those the Island Park bars, I remember being cool and like, you couldn't really go to them until you were 21, but it was still like, it was Hamptons-esque in that it was like $7 for a can of Amstel. Yeah. And you're That's, like, by oh, the beach. Yeah, exactly. And you're like <laughs> on the dock and it's mm-hmm. cool. I just realized the Island Park bar is stuck in my head. And I believe it's Turtle Bay because I saw a can of Amstel Light for the first time, which I thought was like one of the best beers you can get. And I never knew it came in a can. And I <laughs> like, it's burned in my head. Is it from, better in the can? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's just like always, <laughs> I, I never knew they canned it until I, that was wow. the first moment. But I, oh, wait, go back to what you were saying. You were in uh, Island Park oh, with, in your dad's boat. Anchor. Right. Yeah. So my sister is older than me and. I don't know if she was playing a trick on me, but sometimes that would happen. And she told me that I had to swim the anchor in to the boat. And that was like, you know, like a hundred feet out or something. And so I just had this anchor and I was probably like 11, but you know, it's like a little like spiky anchor, but it probably weighed like 20 pounds. And so I was like swimming it in. And my dad just like freaked out because he thought I was drowning because I would like go under and then like hustle back up to <laughs> yeah, surface. Like, trying to hold it up. Oh <laughs> my God. I was like, I got to do this. This is the thing I got to do. But I wasn't like, I, I wasn't in danger, but he like jumped in and he had like his keys and his wallet and his pockets. Oh. And then my, my sister and I both got in trouble. <laughs> but it's hard to know the rules. <laughs> it, it who knows the fucking rules wait so uh when your parents split your dad stayed on long island though my dad yeah so he lived in island park well he lived in long beach in his buddy's basement for a while and then he lived in island park um and now he lives in port washington on a houseboat and it what? is bizarro land what yeah hold on because that's arguably a life I've considered for myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's very strange, but they definitely have like a lot of the people that live there. I think it's like very lax search and seizure because it is technically state parks, um, like jurisdiction. Oh, right. So I think that's why a lot of the people live there that live there. That no one's going to come into your boat and take away your drugs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really strange. They used my dad's boat as a location on like some crime show. Because his boat like looked crazy and there was like toilets. He's always got like toilet stuff going on. Like he like finds toilets. <laughs> you like, have to be more specific on. because some would say I always have toilet stuff I going know, me on. Too. Like, <laughs> my toilet stuff is like more also biological. Right, right. Me too. Just nervous. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he like always has a problem with the toilet on his boat. So he'll like get toilets and like try them out and like. Uh, so he has like a couple toilets and like he's this new girlfriend and like she has 
put like a on Christmas, she put like a little like placemat over one of the toilets with a candle on the top because I thought it was really cute. Um, but yeah, so like there was just like a bunch of crazy shit and they were like, oh, OK, we're going to shoot the scene where the old man with the shotgun mm -hmm. comes running out of the boat. This is the perfect boat. Mm -hmm. And so the day they came, he cleaned everything. That, isn't that so sweet? That's so sweet. And they didn't like it? No, they were like, where's all the stuff? And he's like, oh, I put it in my buddy's trailer. They were like, mm, get go get it. The shit. <laughs> go get the old toilets, yeah. please. <laughs> so they had to like re-dirty his boat. And then they built this canopy, like awning thing out of like this like tattered canvas, like a wind torn situation. And he liked it. So he kept it. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. I am yeah. like, this is a thing I don't say to many people. I feel like I would get along with your dad. Yeah. Very well. <laughs> my dad, my dad can party. He's like a lifer. That's yeah. how my husband described it. He's like, I don't know how to describe your dad, except like he is a fucking lifer. Like he just loves the Islanders, Neil Young message boards, smoking cigarettes that he rolls himself with no filters and drinking steel reserve with a straw. Steel reserve. Mm hmm. Holy he drinks Steel Reserve. <laughs> is that a is that like a national thing for people who listening who might not know it? Steel Reserve was like the good shit that you can get when you were in like high school because yeah. it's malt liquor, right? Yeah, it's really strong. He he calls it beer. He like keeps it in his fridge and pours it into glasses. So whenever we go over there, he's like, "Hey, Mike, you want a beer to my husband?" And he's like, "No, no, no, I'm yeah, good." Yeah, no, you're, you're you're about to give me a seven point eight percent alcohol <laughs> tall boy of yeah, malt liquor. That is not a beer. <laughs> <laughs> that really my uh my dad's friend also my friend's dad um he's both uh this big aunt if you uh surprise surprise <laughs> he uh had a cabana where my mom has a cabana in Malibu oh, on Malibu. The, uh, very uh, nice. yeah we're very fancy now <laughs> uh my mom shares it with my my aunt and my brother, they split it three ways. So that's how <laughs> very Long Island <laughs> yeah. disclaimer too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. It's not mine. It's not no, mine. we can't afford a cabana, <laughs> but we can split a cabana three ways. <laughs> um, and, uh, aunt shared, Aunt had a cabana there and I was me and Tiff and some friends went to go visit their cabana. And he was like, you want a Mike's hard lemonade? I was like, and I don't drink that shit. Like, I'll just take a beer. He's like, no, have a Mike's Hard Lemonade with me. I love them. I'm like, they're too sweet for me. He's like, no, 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 no. Trust me. You're going to love it. I'm like, fine. I'll have a Mike's Hard Lemonade. I watch him uh, get the Mike's Hard Lemonade. He takes a huge, a bigger than a pint glass, like a huge tumbler, like a Coca-Cola fountain glass, puts it down, fills it with ice, fills it three quarters of the way with vodka, and then pours wow. Mike's Hard Lemonade on top. And he's like, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is way less yeah. sweet than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> but this is not Mike's Hard Lemonade. You're serving someone vodka in a pint yeah. glass. <laughs> with a splash of with Mike's a splash. Hard Lemonade. And, I, so, and then also, uh, I later on, we're engaging and his wife's like, his wife, my my friend's mom, my mom's friend, um, uh, she's like... Uh, I don't know how he got so bombed. He's only had a couple of Mike's Hard Lemonade. So I was like, I think he drank a quarter bottle of vodka. Like, a handle of Georgie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Port Washington, famous for the North Shore Animal League. Oh, yes. That's where we got our first cats. Yeah, that's where we got both my my childhood dog, Jake, and my mom's current dog, Jackson, Aww. are both from North Shore. Yeah, I love that place. Me too. So we would like beg to go there as kids because you just see, and in hindsight, it's like depressing. You're going to like animal jail. But yeah. when you're a kid, you're like, there's puppies everywhere. Yeah, but there's, they're no kill, so that's good. Yeah. But then I, I always wonder, like, should I be going to the kill one? Yeah. Because <laughs> these guys are all, all right. Yeah. They're going to at least live here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Howard Stern's a big fan of uh, 
Well, well, here's a question. Is your family, is anyone in your family like Howard, like the shitty talk radio listeners? Oh my God. My mom listened to Howard Stern every single morning. That's In the yeah. car, driving us to school. Always Howard. Yeah, she loved it. <laughs> I think that might also be a part of uh, like the Long Island like pride in our trashiness. Because mm-hmm. we, my dad as I previously stated, didn't go to work till like one thirty PM. So if we were home with him and we were in the house, he would play Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony, I miss in the morning, Mike and the mad dog talk radio wow. all day. Opie and Anthony. <laughs> I know. And it's just like raunchy ass shit. Like wow. Opie and Anthony famously when I was younger got shut down because a, they used to have the thing where people would call in from where they fucked in mm-hmm. weird places and somebody fucked in St. Patrick's Cathedral. <laughs> yeah. In like, <laughs> like a, a confessional? <laughs> yeah. And they shut it down. They shut down Opie and Anthony because they had a fan fuck in the St. Patrick's it. Cathedral. It's like it. so wild. <laughs> Those wow stickers that whip them out Wednesday. I had one on my first car Did in you? hindsight. I'm a little misogynist. Oh my God. But I had whip them out Wednesday. I was like, hopefully someone will show me their tits on the Southern state. <laughs> Did anybody ever? No. <laughs> I was trying to explain because like I was playing a show in Germany of all places and I was like, oh, what day of the week is it, is it, is it to like my band members? And then they were like Wednesday and I was like, oh, uh, Whip Em Out Wednesday. I don't know why. And then I just started explaining what Whip Em Out Wednesday was to a German audience. And the way my husband was telling me that it sounded like I was saying that it was imperative, like you had to whip them out if you saw the sticker. And I was like, It was that thing where people would call in and be like, dude, driving with my wow sticker, saw some titties. And I'm like, I think you have to be like a trucker because yeah. you've got to be on the road for like 24 hours. You got to think Wednesday. about placement, eyeline, visibility, you know, right. like I had, can you, I was a 17 year old kid driving to high school in my 89 Buick century with a whip them out Wednesday sticker. I had a baby on board sticker that I thought was like a Aww. funny thing to have. It was so, I, I, such a little loser. It's mixed signals. So maybe people were like, eh, maybe I'm not going to show my tits to the this baby's guy's baby. on board. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, that shit was just on all the time and and it's insane. Yeah. Does your family curse a lot in the conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is that? I don't know, but it turns me into like a disgustoid. And then when I'm like around children or like within earshot or like on a plane, I can't turn it off. We have nephews now. Like my, uh, like my wife's brother has a couple of kids and my brother has a couple of kids and like it's so hard to like downshift into not saying fucking before everything. Like, I, know. Oh, I gotta get a fucking iced coffee. <laughs> you know, like, oh, sorry, I'm or sorry. Or like saying fucking as like um when you're like yes. oh, fucking uh. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, and the little kids looking at you, you're like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like trying to think of somebody's name, fucking uh, what's his name? I do that all the time. It's so scummy. Oh, hell, <laughs> it's uh, disgusting. Yeah. yeah, and I say shit to myself so much more than I ever thought, and yeah, it's yeah. only pointed out when there's children around where I'm like shit I totally <laughs> forgot to like the most minor thing shit I was supposed to upload the Dropbox of High and Mighty <laughs> it's like I'm, why am I why am I so cursing about this well they'll absorb it yeah they'll get oh they'll learn it I, as, how as we you get did it? Yeah, yeah exactly just you know paying it forward um, well Laura thank you so much for coming on we'll end on talking about shit and curse words yeah, and whipping out Wednesday uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty have a fucking rocking show tonight thank you thank you for having me and let's plug let's plug your new album it's new now this episode might come out in a couple of weeks but. yeah i think the street date is like in may for the record anyway because it got 
pushback as oh, okay. all it's vinyl all on does. Spotify. So this is perfect. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so pick it up on vinyl if you're one of those vinyl peeps. Yeah, it might be in stores eventually. <laughs> is it called The Freeze? The, the I, Big Freeze. The Big Freeze. Yeah. I apologize. Big but, old freeze. And uh, for our list, for listeners of High and Mighty, I'm going to play the single Living Room New York right yeah. at the end of this. Uh, you're coming back out to LA in May for a show. Mm-hmm. May 18th. That Whatever the Saturday is. Yes. I think I believe it's May 18th. May 18th at... The bootleg. The bootleg theater. Yes. I saw um, who's be, uh, beneath the brine. Uh, I saw uh, the family crest there. They put on a hell of a show oh, there. Cool. Yeah. It's a cool little venue. Yeah. I like it there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, anything else you want to plug? You're on social media if people want to follow you. I'm on social media. Laura Stevenson, I think, is all of the. Yeah. I think I got the Laura. I, it, it took a while. I was underscore for a while, but we got the. Yeah. I got I got upgraded from at John Gabris yeah. to at Gabris. And it was like the dream Wonderful. come true. Yeah. <laughs> Streamline the brand, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on and talking thank about Long you. Island and safe travels back to upstate New yeah. York, in quotes. <laughs> thank you very much. All right, thank you. Bye, shitheads. I want to feel you restless. I want to wake up from it. I want to see you stare at ceilings until you fall back to sleep. I want to feel you restless. I want to wake up from it I want to see you stare at ceilings Until you fall back to sleep In the waiting room In the waiting room In the waiting room It's a little stuffy in here I want to wring my hands and open
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>